Thanks for listening to Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. We upload new episodes every Monday and Friday. Be sure to listen to Uncaged Voice on Twitch or YouTube and listen to the Red Pill Current News Podcast on all major audio platforms every Wednesday and Saturday for current news and special interviews. Here are your hosts, Donny Cage and the Kentucky Guy. Aha, and welcome to Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, the Kentucky Guy. And I'm Donnie Cage. Donnie Cage is in the house on a Sunday. Somebody fill my head because I must have a temperature. How's it going, brother? It's going great, Kentucky guy. Dealing with some pretty pretty wet and miserable weather in the great Northeast right now. But other than that, it's going great. Can't complain. Yeah, you guys got that rain like we had here a couple weeks ago. and uh, But now we've got a uh, cold shift coming in already. And, uh, you know, it's not even October. Come on, guys. We don't need, we don't need the cold. We need, uh, I know fall is officially here, but, you know, let's, uh, let's, let's keep the warm weather around for a little while longer. Yeah. Uh, folks, this is your first time listening to the show. Uh, first of all, we do appreciate that. We are on 73 different audio platforms, including Spotify, Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Pandora, iHeartRadio, and the list goes on. Also, Mr. Cage is a co-host of another podcast, and he's going to go ahead and tell you about Uncaged Voice. Yes, the Uncaged Voice podcast has been on a bit of a hiatus, but you can still check out our content on our official YouTube channel. It is co-hosted by myself, Jigsaw Jester, and Top Tier Rated. Lots of uh, fun entertainment-related topics that we discuss on the podcast. Speaking of hiatus, <laughs> I host the Red Pill Current News Podcast. And we talk about everything political, newsworthy, in this big, beautiful, crazy country of ours. Uh, we also do interesting interviews. Now, for my... Uh, I know a lot of you listen to both shows. So, yes, I am very behind on that show. Uh, because, eh, you know, illness, family commitments, things like that. But we recorded one earlier. Uh-huh. Yeah. And there will be a new episode going out probably in the morning. So be ready for that. It's a long one too, folks. I was—I promised I was only going to do 20-minute episodes, but do more of them to you guys. But I just, uh, I don't know. This is a 40-minute episode because you guys deserve it. It's been a month, so almost. All right. Also here, if you'd ever like to be a guest or have any questions for or shout-outs for Donnie or myself, you can always email us at olkentucky99 at yahoo.com. That's olkentucky spelled out, 99 at yahoo.com. Also in our description below uh, is our merch link along with all of our social media 
and uh, some cool stuff down there as well. Check out the website and so forth. Let's see here. So we have we have some results to go over, Mr. Cage, and we've got some pretty important headlines too. Let's go ahead because I'm telling you, Smack, uh, not SmackDown, but Dynamite, AEW Dynamite was so crazy, so crazy. I want to start with them, and I know that's weird starting with AEW, but there's so much stuff that happened on this one little show. <laughs> it's just nuts. So let's go ahead and we'll start off with the headline with the results from Dynamite AEW. We have the AEW World Championship match. MJF the Devil, also the current champion, facing Big Bad Fat Samoa Joe. And your winner and still AEW World Heavyweight Champion MJF. This match here was good. It was a good match, even though I don't like Samoa Joe. Good match. Both the, both competitors showed a lot of heart. A lot of drama around this match because you had Roderick Strong acting like he's in a hospital dying, trying to keep Adam Cole away from ringside, who was there to support MJF. Uh, and uh, I don't know. I still don't understand what the storyline is. I guess... Roderick Strong is going to be the reason why Adam Cole eventually turns on MJF. I mean, that's the only thing I can see. I don't know. It's like they brought Roderick Strong in there to be a stage puppet. It's weird. He's actually a really good wrestler. He was great in NXT until towards the end when they stopped learning how to utilize him. But, but yeah, so the champions remain the same. Yeah, so uh, what do you think about that match, sir, in the outcome? I thought it was a great main event, um, Kentucky guy. I mean, first of all, we know how big of a fan I am of Samoa Joe. So whenever he's put in a yep. main event scenario, I'm always happy to see it. I did not, truth be told, I did not expect him to win the AEW world title. I expected MJF to retain, and he did. It was a hard-fought victory. Once again, MJF proved that he can overcome the odds and be a fighting champion. So he has my respect. I, I, I like this main event. I like the way it was booked. And, you know, did, what did you think about the ending? Uh, because it was kind of a, it was pretty much a clean finish. Uh, the only thing is I couldn't understand. Samojo shook hands with MJF, but he, he kind of bumped. He gave Adam Cole a bump. So is he just, is that a prelude to his next feud or, or, or what? Because I didn't see Adam get involved at all. I mean, they could be hinting that something's going to go on down the road, Kentucky. I just, you just never know. Yeah, but did you, Adam Cole? Like, did you see him uh, get involved at all? Well, didn't uh, I could have sworn he ran down and did get up on the apron briefly towards the end of the match? Unless I just have a, fu a fuzzy memory. Yeah, I mean, like he never touched Samoa Joe, though, right? Yeah, I mean, he didn't get physically involved, but he did distract him. And that was kind of what allowed MJF to to lock in that chokehold that he used to beat uh, Samoa Joe. Okay. Yeah, I just, uh, yeah, okay. I just, uh, for some reason, the reason why I wanted to make that clear is because I seen something online about Adam Cole, uh, like he hit, Samoa Joe in the back of the head with the ring or something. 
And I knew that was BS. And I promise you guys, when you're online, you need to take everything you read with a grain of salt. And just because a channel, on, like on YouTube, that's where I've seen this, calls themselves a wrestling news channel, doesn't make them a qualified news channel. Especially when they put junk out there that's not true. So, yeah, so I wasn't trying to give you a hard time, Donnie. I just wanted to, I was trying to make a point without coming out and saying it. <laughs> oh, oh, well, I'm used to that kind of treatment, Kentucky guy, so it's it's totally fine. <laughs> but yeah, uh, you know, and guys, you know, when you run across a, and I'm just going to call these people out, when you run across a platform like that and you see a creator putting false narratives on there, run away. Don't watch them. Don't, don't even, don't, don't give them any clicks. Don't tell your friends about them. Just run because all it's all fantasy land. None of it's true. So, all right, let's move on. Uh, we had the AEW women's world title on the line. Your current champion, Sierra versus the hottest thing in wrestling right now. I think when it comes to the female division and that is Tony storm, I'm telling you, her gimmick with the Marilyn Monroe thing is just, and uh, this lady needs to be an actress. I mean, I really, I can't get enough of it. And I don't even like, everybody knows I'm not even a big fan of female wrestling. I can't get enough of her character. I think it's hilarious. Uh, I love it. But anyways, unfortunately, uh, she did lose the match. She was not able to get her title back. And Sierra is the winner. This was a decent match. Um... Uh, I mainly watched it to watch Tony Storm's entrance to see what she was going to do next. I wasn't really invested in it. Uh, I don't think Sierra should be the champion. I mean, I liked Paige. I liked Paige a lot. I don't like the Sierra in AEW. And yes, it is different. She's a completely different character. It's just not the same. She might try to look the same. It is not the same. Britt Baker should have that title around her waist. Your thoughts on that match? Well, I agree with you 100% about Tony Storm's continued commitment to her character. I mean, definitely one of the best female characters on television right now. You, like you said, she's unpredictable. You just don't know what she's going to come out and do next. But the match itself, I think, was pretty good for, uh, for Dynamite. And, I mean, I'm of the opinion, Kentucky guy, Paige, Soraya, her career ended prematurely, and for her to come back after all this time... And just to be a title holder again is a huge accomplishment. So, I, I mean, I, I, I still support her, honestly. And hopefully she gets a decent run with the belt. Kind of builds up the prestige of the women's title again, which was something it had a while back. But I just feel like after Britt Baker lost it, the belt's been kind of just bouncing around among a, different, a bunch of different female wrestlers. And it needs to stay on somebody for a prolonged period of time, in my opinion. Yeah, the right person, though. Oh, it needs to be on the uh, right person. Now, I see Britt Baker. I could actually see, uh, as long as she stays committed to this uh, gimmick she's doing, Tony Storm brings some prestige back to that title. It would make her a three-time title holder. So, yeah. Uh, let's see here. Speaking of titles, we had the Ring of Honor. Boy, oh, boy. These, no, I tell you what, if, if you guys don't follow AEW, and you just fall from the show. These next couple matches, uh, they're going to blow your mind. They did mine. My jaw is still like hanging on the floor. Here's the first one. Ring of Honor World Championship match. 
versus the New Japan Strong Openweight Champion. So Claudio was your Ring of Honor World Champion, current Ring of Honor World Champion, versus Eddie Kingston, the guy that looks like everybody's plumber. He was the New Japan Strong Openweight Champion. And your winner of the Ring of Honor World Champion title is, and still, no, Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston is your Ring of Honor title winner. <laughs> what are we doing? What are, what's, what's happening? Seriously, when, when, at the end of that match, I'm sitting there and I'm like, am I in the Twilight Zone? What is going on here? No, I'm not a Claudio fan. Everybody knows that. I don't think he ever should have took that title away from Chris Jericho. Uh, I'm not a fan of his at all. But Eddie Kingston, the guy, I mean, you know, your, your uncle who's been unemployed for the last six months is in better shape than this guy. And he's a world champion? My Lord. Mr. Cage, say it ain't so. That, that boo uh, sound effect you added in, um, Kentucky guy, just... Totally sums up my feelings about this. I'm not happy about it. I have always been a Claudio Castagnoli fan back, back for, to, to back during his days during the original Ring of Honor. Loved him as Cesaro in WWE. Always thought he's been a great worker. I mean, come on. He loses the Ring of Honor World Championship to Eddie Kingston. There is no justice in the world, Kentucky guy. Yeah, it, do, it just does not make any sense whatsoever. All right, so uh, let's shock you again, folks. AW International Championship match. Your new champion, by the way, only had it a couple weeks. John Moxley faces challenger Ray Phoenix, who I'll give you. Ray Phoenix is a great tag team competitor. He's a great high flyer. I never seen him as a singles champion though. But he is your new international champion. Now, I don't think it was planned for him to win the title. John Moxley did come out of there with a concussion. However, I have received reports that the concussion is just so John can take some time off that he tried to take off a year ago. And that's exactly what it was told to me a year ago. He was tried to take a vacation, and this was his way of doing it. Now, I don't... Well, I do know. I, I, I don't want to spoil this for anybody. So let's put it this way. Ray Phoenix is your champion. He did beat John Moxley, which is crazy. And the reason why he beat him, because during the match, John Moxley quotation marks, suffered a concussion. Crazy. Ray Phoenix is your international champion. I mean, it's better than the orange-haired guy, but still, John had the title two weeks. Crazy. Your thoughts? So I want to make sure I heard you right, Kentucky guy, so, because the reports that I originally read said that Moxley's concussion was legitimate, but now it turns out it actually was all planned from the start. Okay, so once again, I don't want to ruin this for anybody. <laughs> um, the dirt sheets and everything say that the that the concussion is legitimate, right? I 
know a few people around that organization, as everybody knows. And I, I'll just be honest with you. This was the only way they seen to get Moxley on vacation. So, why, the, why they chose to go this route, I don't know. But they even had, if you watch, and if you watch it real close, it looks legit. They even had the referee count, and this was staged, uh, not count to three on purpose the first time, because he's trying to act like Ray Phoenix wasn't supposed to win the match. I mean, they did it beautifully, but yeah, it's a work, man. It is. It's all work. Well, then they've officially worked me, because I, I truly believed it was real, so I guess kudos to them and to John Moxley for selling it like it was real. Um, but that being said, you know, no disrespect to Ray Phoenix, obviously, because he is a great competitor, a great high flyer. I also have never pegged him as a major singles title holder. So for him to beat John Moxley, I thought was that was a, that was a strange ending to that match. I'm not I'm going to imagine that he's not going to hold the title for long. It's probably going to change hands very soon. Yeah, and uh now from my understanding uh and I read this this morning that they are some fans are getting the word on this got out a little bit about this match, what happened, the truth. And the fans are, the ones who know about it are pretty upset. And I know I've just ticked some people off <laughs> listening to this. And, and I really didn't mean to. Blame Mr. Cage. He's the one who cornered me, all right? All right? It's not my fault. But anyways, uh, John Moxley, if he, co if he comes back right away, then, hey, don't believe us. It wasn't a work. It was legit. I don't see. I heard that the fans are so irate they're going to try to maybe bring him back quicker than normal. However, he's do he's. I mean, if you do away with this match and what happened, just put that out of your mind for just a moment and just think about his career with AEW. He's due a break. He's overdue. He's carried this company on his back for how long? Ever since he's been there. So he he's he's due for a break, and I hope he gets one. I do. I think MJF is strong enough. They've got enough strong uh, leaders there right now to carry the show. Chris Jericho's still there. So I think they'll be fine. We had, speaking of Chris Jericho, uh, the last match on the card was Chris Jericho versus Sammy Guevara. Four years in the making. Jericho won the match. I thought this was a good match. I really did. I'm glad the GOAT come out on top. I'm glad the way he won the match because he won it clean. However, at the end of the match, like I said, AW Dynamite was great this week, by the way, but it was very confusing, these endings. Jericho extended his hand to shake his, four, his friend for the last four years since the company started after the match. But Sammy said, no, man, I want to hug you. He hugs, he hugs Jericho like the brother he is, and then he knees him with a low blow. Knees him, right? I mean, the worst low blow you can get. And then, here comes old Baldy. Don Callis comes into the ring, walks out of the ring with Sammy. Backstage, Renee, uh, she tried to get an interview with both of them. 
And uh, he said, everything will be revealed on Rampage. And he walked away. Daniel Garcia confronted uh, Sammy. But Callis told uh, Sammy that Garcia's money. And then they walked away. I don't know what that means. So I know we don't talk about Rampage here. But basically what's going to happen is there's a match. After they attack Jericho and after they attack Kenny Omega, you have Sammy Guevara and uh, what is this? Sheeta? Sheeta uh, is taking on. Talk to Sheeta. Right? Yeah. Uh, is taking on Kenny Omega and John Moxley. Or no, what am I? John, <laughs> Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho. So it's, it's a tag match. I thought Rampage, I thought, oh man, they're finally going to do something cool on this show. And Don was going to interview, uh, introduce his new family. No, no, that's not happening. He's talking about the two. And you know, Sammy, he come out and he said, you know, he was tired of being under Jericho's shadow and what have you. I'll tell you another thing I've seen on Rampage. And then I'll let uh, Mr. Cage take over about this match. Here, here's something that was very odd. So you know those two uh, knuckleheads that are were in the Appreciation Society, that tag team? So they come out. They had a match on Rampage. They lost, of course. But guess who escorted them to the ring? Jake Hager. The guy who's been as loyal as Sammy has to Chris Jericho is still walking around with that purple hat on, following these two knuckleheads around. I don't... I. I don't understand. <laughs> Jake Hager, he is a he is a phenomenal athlete. He's officially retired this week or last week, by the way, from uh, the UFC. But he's a phenomenal athlete. If you got him under contract as a wrestler and he's not hurt, put him in the ring and don't give him these matches where he's going to lose to Luchasaurus. Put him in the ring and watch him go. Your thoughts on this match, sir? Segment, segment. I guess. I, I mean, I mean, at this point, the the I almost feel like the Chris Jericho, Sammy Guevara, Jericho Appreciation Society storyline has as many twists and turns as the Bloodline storyline in WWE, and and I'm just as confused <laughs> by it. Um, but at this point, you know, they had a decent enough match on on Dynamite. I was hoping that maybe Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara would finally be splitting up and going their separate ways, but no. He hits the low blow on Jericho, and now we know this saga, of course, is going to continue. And, you know, I, I just don't know if I'm that invested in it anymore, Kentucky guy. I kind of feel like Jericho needs to do something do new, and Sammy Guevara needs to do something new. But also, doesn't Sammy Guevara have a, have a, a wife that's due to, at home that's due to have a baby any uh, minute now? Yeah, uh-huh. Their first kid, and, uh, you know, you're right. That is, that pregnancy is, uh, I think she is uh, coming up due pretty soon because uh, she hasn't been on TV in a while. So let's move on to the WWE SmackDown results. All right. So our first match, the LWO Escobar. And Rey Mysterio Jr. take on the Street Profits, who were accompanied to the ring by Bobby Lashley. 
Now, just to get, uh, give you guys a little bit of detail, in case you don't know, Escobar and this week on SmackDown for the United States title. And there we go. That's going to be the end of your LWO. Just my opinion. And good riddance. What are they really doing? What They got a cool shirt. I mean, what are they doing? Anyways, LWO, surprisingly, it shocked me, defeated. That's correct. They beat the Street Profit. And, I mean, <laughs> what what's going on now? Like, are, are, there, are we breaking up the Street Profits? Or are we breaking up them up from Bobby Lashley? Because after they lose the match, <laughs> uh, or Bobby Lashley turned and completely wouldn't even hardly look at these guys and, and just walked out, walked out. So, you know, is there a deeper story going on here? Uh, are they going to have to listen to Lashley and get rid of this baby face and complain, turn completely heel. But after that match, Lashley went on to Twitter and demanded that they give him his watches and suits back and threatened if the Street Profits couldn't find a killer instinct, he would find somebody who could. Very interesting. Kind of quick for them to have this kind of problems. They still haven't even named the stupefaction. So, but kind of quick, but interesting. What's, what is the, like, what is the drive in this? Like, what, why is it got to happen so fast? Maybe because the bloodline scenario has went stale. Possible. There's got to be a reason they shifted this into overdrive. I mean, you wouldn't think that there would be, even if they're not breaking up, there wouldn't be this kind of nicks in the armor until at least a couple months from now. They, I mean, my goodness, they haven't had a chance to build any rapport with the fans as a heel or babyface. So, interesting why they shot this, you know. I don't know if anybody else looks at stuff as crazy as I do, but just kind of interesting how they're, you know, I, it seems rushed and it's happening now. So, your thoughts on that, sir? Yeah, I don't really know what the rush was with already creating tension within that faction. The Street Profits also should have won this match. I thought the idea was they're getting a bit of a resurgence and they're going to go on a win streak. Uh, so I don't really understand that. Not to mention, if Rey Mysterio and Santos Escobar had lost the match, you could have added more tension between the two of them leading into their title match next week. That's called uh, that's called story building. WWE is usually really good at it, but uh, not this week apparently. Um, so yeah, uh, you know I'm curious to see what's going to happen with Bobby Lashley's faction. But you know, don't go already saying that this faction might break up. They just formed. Give them a chance. Yeah, now I'm not saying they're breaking up. I'm <laughs> what I'm saying is they're showing signs of breakup or Nixon in the, in the armor. And it's just, it's kind of quick. I think you're right. They just, they don't even have a name yet. <laughs> uh, then we had the, uh, Eos guy. She, uh, defended her, uh, women's world championship title against Oscar. Very good match. Very good match. Really thought Oscar was, should have been the winner of this match. 
she wasn't. Io Sky retained her title, but I, Asuka showed me that she could beat Io Sky, and I really thought she won the match overall. I know she didn't get the one, two, three, but yeah, she uh, Asuka's a beast, man. She can still go, and she can go hard. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, these two, these two obviously have history from their time in Japan together, and it was great to see them finally mixing it up in a WWE ring. And I hope that this is not a one-and-done. I, I want to see these two wrestle again because, uh, you know, they've got great chemistry and great ability. So, yeah, let's, uh, let, let, let's keep this feud going. Let's put them in the ring again in the near future. Yeah, the way Asuka looked at her when she was leaving, I don't see it being over uh, anytime soon. And then we had A-Town and Down under, which is uh, Austin Theory and the other guy, I don't even care, Weiler, uh, took on the Brawling Brutes. And they defeated the Brawling Brutes. And guess what? I didn't care about this match whatsoever. <laughs> I it, it, it has no, no meaning to it. They're not building towards anything. The Brawling Brutes are pretty much stale now. I, I kind of liked them in the beginning. Always hated the Butch character for Pete Dunne. Really hating it now. Because I think that it just it, it's ran its course. Nobody cares anymore to let these guys go, do what they do best in singles. I mean, I don't know about the other guy, but... Let Pete Dunn become Pete Dunn again. And, uh, you know, let's let's move on. And Austin Aries and his, you know, they're, they're a makeshift tag team. So the Brawling Brutes who have been, who fought for titles and everything, are just going to lose these guys. It tells you the party's over. The ship sailed. Let's move on. Your thoughts? Yeah, it's wasn't really an exciting match in my opinion uh, even though I think individually Austin Theory and Grayson Waller are both not bad they're not like LA on the level of a guy like LA Knight but uh you know they're they're, they're fine for what they are they're mid-card talents but I do agree with you about Pete Dunne I mean he can do so much more if he's just allowed to be himself again and they still have him in the brawling brutes faction I feel like the Brawling Brutes, they have definitely run their course at this point. I mean, Sheamus isn't even out there anymore with them, hardly. So, let's just move on. Uh, okay, so uh, John Cena and AJ Styles tag together. And they take on the Bloodline or versus the Bloodline contract signing. Sorry. Now, Jimmy Uso who has been begging his for his spot back on the bloodline, acted like he's back, no problem. He continues to, I don't know what the best way to put it is, overstep his boundary, I guess. Because he accepted this challenge of Cena and Styles without talking it over with Paul Heyman, the tribal chief, anyone. And getting anyone's approval. So it kind of looks like to me. That maybe when Roman Reigns does come back. And he's, I heard he's coming back soon. They're going to kick Jey Uso out of the bloodline. They're going, it's going to be their call this time. 
and they're going to kick him out, and he's going to look like the biggest jabroni that ever walked in SmackDown. That's just me guessing because that's the only thing that makes sense. Why is he going out and doing this stupid crap on his own, knowing that's not how things go in the bloodline? It all trickles down from the tribal chief. So now he's got this match, and his brother has saved him. Sokoa has saved him. He's also threatened to spike him right after afterwards. So I don't know where this story is headed, and I really hope that it's not headed down the tubes because they've done such an amazing job. If you're going to end it, that's great. Put a bow on it, a nice little bow, and end it. Don't ruin three years' worth of work. Just don't do it. And Jimmy Uso is not a star. Yes, he's a great tag team partner, but he's not a star, and he will sink this ship if you keep putting him in the highlight too much. That's my opinion. Your thoughts? I mean, part of my issue with this segment is that I don't understand why we had to have a contract signing for what's basically a tag team match, not even for titles or anything. It's just a tag team match. Um, obviously, the, you know, the, the whole segment broke down and it led to a beatdown of John Cena and all that. But, I, I mean, I agree with you, Kentucky guy. It seems ever since SummerSlam happened, ever since Roman Reigns last retained his title against Jey Uso, and, G- and Jey Uso, you know, was basically out of WWE for a couple of weeks. The Bloodline storyline has come to a complete screeching halt. It's lost all momentum. It went from like 60 miles an hour to, to zero overnight. And they, they, they've got to do something to make it interesting again. And simply bringing Jimmy, back, Jimmy Uso back into the fold and saying, oh, he's back in the Bloodline with no real logical explanation for it is not going to grip your audience. The audience is going to start to get bored with the storyline and they're going to start to tune out. So in my opinion, the best thing they can do is bring Roman back to television as quickly as possible and set up his next challenger. Yeah, there's two ways they can fix this. And Jay or Jimmy are not the answer. First one is like you. Bring Roman back. Have him, have him fix it. The only thing problem with that is Roman's re-signed a contract. He's now like a Goldberg. He's a part-timer. That is, that is, that is by the way, official now. The second way to fix this is use Paul Heyman as your mouthpiece and get Solo more involved as the muscle. Because people like this guy. This guy is dangerous. This guy is dangerous. With the Samoan spike. And he can he could carry he could actually carry this story to the next level. Jimmy and Jay are not the answers. And yes, they're great. They're the greatest one they're gonna go down as one of the greatest tag teams there ever was. That's beautiful, that's lovely. They're not main event Jey Uso. I don't care what Roman called him. He's not. That's not really him. They're good as a team. They're okay, separate. They're horrible, 
trying to carry a storyline on their own. And we've seen that. It just doesn't work. All right. Or you bring Sami Zayn back in the fold somehow now that he doesn't have a title. I don't know. All right. So here we go. Collision. 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 Collision was actually very good this week. Uh, glad they're getting it back on track. Let's talk about collision results. All right. So we had the TNT title on the line. Luchasaurus, the current champion, versus Darby Allen versus Christian Cage. And your winner. <laughs> Christian Cage. Yeah. <laughs> he finally is actually the champion now. Good for him. And guess what? He pinned the big dummy, Luchasaurus. And guess what? Luchasaurus put him on his back, his shoulders, with the title after he won it, celebrating. What? <laughs> it's like, Dude, do you realize you just lost your title? I mean, granted, you never got to wear it anyways because you're a big old uh, baby and you must be afraid of Christian Cage. But uh, what? You're going to put him on your shoulders and have him celebrate after him pinning you? You're the one that lost. He pinned you. Stupid. Your thoughts? Well, I'm going to shock you, Kentucky guy. I actually really liked the end result of this match. And the reason I say that is because Christian's been doing some, his, some of his best character work in quite a long time. He's definitely been doing his best work since he debuted in AEW. He didn't really have a sense of direction when he first came in. So now with him as the TNT champion, a guy who already has credibility, has been a champion in every promotion he's worked in, what you know? Why not? Why not put the TNT title on him? You'll actually maybe restore some prestige to that title, some credibility with him as champion. You think he's going to keep it that long? Well, I hope he keeps it more than one week. <laughs> yeah, uh, I hope so too. It's just uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I know that he said some pretty rough stuff to Darby Allen. He, if you watched his uh, mouth movement <laughs> after the match, I couldn't believe it. I'm like, man, he's uh, he's cussing this guy, and nobody's saying anything about it. RVD returned to the show. He was partners with Hook on Collision. That's Taz's baby boy. And they took on, oh, they took on, this is where I seen, uh, okay, so it wasn't Rampage, it was Collision. Uh, Jake Hager uh, walked out with uh, Daddy Magic and Cool Hand Angel or whatever his name is. Uh, I, stupid. Of course, Hook and RVD won. Uh, RVD can still go. I mean, folks, there's no doubt about it. This guy can still he can still go. I mean, it was just uh, it was kind of amazing to watch everything that he was able to do. Uh, Saturday night on Collision. So, and Hook, of course. I mean, he. Uh, I know he's got the FTW title. I, I, I want to see more of this guy. Every time I see him, he gets a little bit better. He gets, he goes a little bit farther, and I just feel like we don't see him enough. It's like they've got him in a package, and they're, they're he's like a secret weapon or something. But man, it's been too long. 
I want to see more of this guy. Uh, and then I'll talk about another match, and I'll let you talk about them both. We had Julia Hart uh, from the House of Black, and she took on Karen Hogan. Julia Hart is a beast. She now has a winning record of 25-0. and 0. And her, uh, ever since going to the House of Black, dude, I mean, she she's my favorite female wrestler besides Britt Baker. I have to say that. It's just, I, I love her entrance. But why is uh, the one old boy, Brody, why is he the only one from the House of Black that ever walks her out to the ring? Why doesn't Alistair and Buddy, I mean, it just, it, it's always him. Odd, very odd. Uh, your thoughts on those two matches? Well, first off, I agree with you on um, Julia Hart showing a lot of improvement. I mean, she's gotten better not just with her character, but also in the ring, and she showed it yet again in this match. So she continues to impress. 100% agree. And if they needed somebody uh, who was credible to be the TBS champion, it would definitely be her. So I'm in favor of them putting that title on Julia Hart as soon as they can. Um, because I just, ha- just haven't been crazy about Chris Statlander's title reign. Um, but then as far as RVD and Hook go, so is their team officially going to be called RV Hook now? Because <laughs> AEW loves uh, slapping together two wrestler names. War Joe, Jungle Hook, whatever other combinations they've done over the years. It's kind of stupid, but I don't know. I'm better RV than Hook. you, baby. I don't know. R- RV Hook's got kind of a, kind of a good ring to it. <laughs> Is, isn't that uh, what you call it? I'm better than you, baby, or something well, like that. Well, that's a good that's a good tag team name. I do like better than you, baby. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's always good to see RVD on television. And yeah, he's still the man's still kept in good in ring shape. I got to give him credit. And you know, Hook, of course, I want to see more of him. He's a young prospect. He's been working his way up through AEW system. Let, 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 let's show more of them. Let's showcase this guy. He's, he, he's an up-and-comer. I mean, of course, RVD and Hook won this match. Did anyone actually doubt they were going to win this match? Yeah, you know, and uh, when you talk about Hook, he's still young. I get that. But right now is the time to capitalize off of him. He could, if they played their cards right, and I'm serious, if they played their cards right with this guy in a year, or let me manage him, shoot. <laughs> in a year, he would be the face of the company for the next 10 or 15 years, man. I mean, if they if they could really, he could be, and I'm not just saying this, he could be a Hulk Hogan or a Ric Flair or John Cena. John Cena was the face of the company for over 20 years. So he's actually got that type of potential. He's got the charisma. The only thing is, is I don't know how he talks on the mic. That's the only thing. But he's not getting any practice at it because he never talks on the mic. So, and if that's one of his weaknesses, which I'm kind of thinking it is, uh, hello, get him some practice or get him a mouthpiece. Get him a manager. Not Taz either. All right. And then we had, next match was Andrade uh, versus Jay White. After some shenanigans from Juice Robinson, Jay White did pick up the victory on this he should he should pick up the victory on this uh because they've been in line for a title shot again they almost won the titles they've actually beat the AEW tag team champions twice so yeah he should uh, don't get me wrong I'm an Andrade fan I like what he does 
but he didn't lose straight up, so it's all right. And then speaking of the tag team champions, they did have their titles on the line. Uh, it was FTR versus the Work Horsemen. Not a clue who these guys are. I know who they are because they used to be a team in Ring of Honor, but the, by a different name. But Work Horsemen, I mean, that doesn't roll off the lips or anything, does it? I mean, anyways, FTR, forever the revival, are you still AEW Tag Team Champions? Uh, your thoughts on those two matches? Yeah. So, um, first of all, did not did it was not I was not surprised that FTR retained here because again the workhorsemen might be well known to Ring of Honor fans and in the independent scene, but you know not a whole lot of people necessarily know them. So for them to beat FTR with no fanfare, I mean that wouldn't make much sense. So I'm glad that FTR retained here and the and the, and you did see Kentucky guy that they're setting up a future match between FTR and Aussie Open, right? What now? Say that again. They're setting up a future match between FTR and Aussie Open. You saw that post-match confrontation, didn't you? Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. So that so that was very interesting. <laughs> I, and I'm, I'm curious to see uh, how that match turns out when it happens. But um, back to Jay White and his match against Andrade. Both guys, once again, put on Great performance in the ring. I mean, there's no doubt that they're both great performers. AEW, listen, not that I would be upset if Jay White and Juice Robinson won the AEW World Tag Team titles. That wouldn't make me upset at all. But Jay White is too good to be to be pigeonholed into, into tag team wrestling. Give this man the international championship. Have him beat Ray Phoenix and be your next international champion. And he will take that ball and run with it. True. I agree. I agree. I like that. And then the last match, and I tell you what, this match here, uh, it, it deserved to be the main event because it was, it stole the show, I thought. And I tell you, Ricky Starks just continues to impress me. It was Daniel Brian Danielson versus Ricky Starks. Brian Danielson, of course, is your winner because they got to let him win because he's getting retired. Because he's gold and he's got a bad whatever. Uh, but but Ricky Starks looked very, very good in this match. Uh, and I enjoyed, I actually enjoyed this match. And I can't say that about too many Brian Danielson's match. Because I think he's a boring wrestler. I've always said that. <laughs> Anyways, uh, your thoughts. <laughs> a great way to end the show. Both guys once again. Have that, have that amazing chemistry in the ring. Ricky Starks looked like he belonged the, in that ring with Brian Danielson. That's not an easy feat to accomplish when you're facing the best, the best wrestler in the world today. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but it was a great contest. And, you know, Ricky Starks showed that he, he keeps getting better and better, the guy. And I'm telling you, AEW, uh, he's another person you should be thinking about for a title reign of some kind in the near future. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, I think that's uh, I think that's good advice. I'd like to see him uh, with a major, like with a major title, or at least compete for it. All right, so let's get into just a couple. I know we're out of time. Let's get into just a couple headlines. If you don't mind, Mr. Cage, go ahead and uh, your third headline that we talked about, uh, 
go ahead and uh, start with that one if you don't mind. Of course. So, former AEW champion's contract has expired. Headed to WWE this week. The news broke a few days ago via Fightful that CM Punk, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That former TBS champion Jade Cargill was on her way out of AEW and her match with current champion Chris Statlander that was taped last week was likely Cargill's last one with the company. The match aired on a recent episode of Rampage and after losing to Statlander, Cargill was clearly emotional as both women hugged each other in the ring. What? Hugged? They just hugged it out even though Chris Statlander came back and beat her in two minutes to win the title. Anyway, word spread quickly after the match was taped that Cargill was leaving. This news came after she was on Chris Jericho's podcast and said that she respects Tony Khan because he has treated her well instead of just being a number and that there is nowhere else she would rather be than AEW. Well, unless the money talks. However, per Brian Alvarez on Wrestling Observer Live, Cargill was said to be asking for a lot of money to stay with AEW and it appears that they were not willing to meet her asking price in Orlando this week, and that her AEW contract has expired. It's unclear exactly when she will be appearing on WWE TV, but the belief is that she will be going straight to the main roster and not going through the NXT system. Cargill tried out for WWE years ago before signing with AEW. During her run in AEW, she became the first TBS champion, and remained undefeated until losing the title to Statlander at double or nothing. Well, this is quite an announcement. Because we all know she was the TBS women's champion for quite a while. And had that massive undefeated streak. And then, like I said, suffered two losses to Chris Statlander. And then is just gone like that. She definitely has the look for WWE. I will say that Kentucky guy. But sending her directly to the main roster and asking her to compete on the same level as some of the other women in WWE, that, that's going to be a tough sell right there. I mean, just think of some of the women who are on the main roster. You've got Charlotte Flair. You've got Becky Lynch. You've got Bailey. You've got Asuka. You've got Io Sky. You've got Rhea Ripley. The list goes on. Is Jade Cargill anywhere near the level of some of these women? I forgot to mention Ponytail, Bianca Belair, your favorite wrestler. Um, is she on the same level as any of these women? Um, right now, I don't think she is. Could she get there someday? Potentially, but I personally still feel like she needs some development. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that, uh, oh man, there's so much... Uh, there's so much going on. So she, we know that she is under no compete clause, right? We know this. And I just, <laughs> I just wonder what they're going to do. Cause I heard that they have big plans for her. Okay. So that's going to get into the next thing we want to talk about real quick. And I know we're out of time because I know you guys don't watch after, <laughs> after a certain time. So we're not going to, you know, we've got too much important stuff to say to for you guys to stop listening, so don't turn us off. <laughs> Anyways, WWE made 
all kinds, quite a few cuts this weekend. So, yeah, so I'm not actually going to read this. Uh, well, yeah, I'll read this part. Uh, on the same day, WWE announced its return to Australia for the Elimination Chamber next year, and SmackDown now has a new TV deal with the USA Network. WWE decided to also have a mass round of talent cuts on Thursday. Those cuts from the main roster included Dolph Ziggler, Mustafa Ali, Elias, Sheldon Benjamin, uh, Ridrick Moss, Emma, Elia, Top Dalla, AJ Francis, and why those from NXT, Quincy Elliott, Shanky, Bryson Montana, Yulin Lane, Debbie Cato, Kevin Ventura Cortez, Alexis Gray, Daniel MacArthur were cut. Also, uh, Dana Brooke was cut as well. Uh, were cut. They're gone. No longer with the company. Well, is this Mr. McMahon's doing? This is everybody's doing. This is what happens when you do a major, a major merger like this. And we knew it was coming. It's time in versus how much money they're paid versus the investment the wrestler is giving. Now, think about the names I read off. Are you really sad to see any of those guys go? Do you really have anything? Let's, let's talk about investment for a moment. Do you really have any emotional investment in any of those guys? Any of them that I read off? Dolph Ziggler's been around a while, yes. He has, but what is it? What have you done for me lately? See what I mean? That's why. That's why I think it was easier for Triple H, who hates to do talent cuts. By the way, it was easier for him to let go of these people. There was one more released over the weekend, who was not hard to let go because he's an idiot, and that's Matt Riddle, bro, bro. Yeah, he gets on there and he goes and. He, uh, he, he, first of all, the police have to come on him because he's causing a disturbance because he's drunk. Yeah, he's drunk. If you haven't read the full report at the airport, once they get everything calmed down and he's okay, he then makes a sexual assault complaint against the police officers and then tries to delete the post. Yeah, he, he's, he's an idiot. He's got to go. And he's gone. He announced it himself on uh, Twitter. So, But I still believe, and uh, Mr. Cage and I talked about it. Oh, you know, Mace and uh, Mansoor. Oh, there, there's there's people that I haven't I haven't listed just about everybody. Uh, Boggs, the guy that used to play guitar for Shinsei Nakamura, he's gone. Uh, there, there's quite a few of them. Sheldon Benjamin's gone. Anyways... There's a complete list on WWE.com of the current talent releases. I think there's a lot more to go. I really do. I think, uh, and you know, it's funny. It's so funny that on our last episode on Tuesday, I said this episode, I've got a list of possible WWE cuts. I had no idea that they were going to jump and do it. I was told that I had a week to play around with that list. And they jump and do it on Thursday. So, anyways, on that list, though, that I've got, 
uh, I think I sent a copy of it to Mr. Cage also. There's quite a few more names on there than that than they've actually cut. So I don't know. By the way, every person that they cut is on this list. There's just more, more wrestlers on there. And just to give you an example of when I say there's more, we have, uh, let's see, Indy Hartwell. Have you guys seen him lately? Cameron Grimes. Yes, I love Cameron. What's he doing, though? Where's he at? Oh, by the way, they did release Elias. I wonder if they're going to let go of his brother, too. Hmm. Inquiring minds want to know. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, there's a bunch of them. Omos, you know, a big goofball. What's he done lately? Uh, just, uh, Gulak, the, uh, Viking, uh, Raiders, N nothing against those guys. I just think they need to get the heck out of there and go to a promotion that knows how to work them because they do not get a fair shake. They've not got a fair shake twice now in the WWE. I'm sorry. It's true. And these guys are champions. They're former champions all over the place, everywhere they've been. Tegan Knox, she needs to go. She was pulled out of that match. Uh, B-Fab, you know, just please, for the love of God, just get rid of that whole crew. What are they called? The, the, the Five and Dime, or I don't know what they're called, with the Hit Row or something. Yeah, just, just get rid of all of them, please. Wendy Chu, the big Chinese girl who runs around with a pillow. Yeah, she needs to go. And that's just half. That's not even half, folks. I just wanted to touch on that. But anyway, sir, uh, your thoughts on the talent cuts and uh, everything we've been talking about. Yeah, I mean, really, the only one I want to the only there's only two that I really want to comment on, uh, which are Dolph Ziggler and Matt Riddle. You know, Dolph Ziggler, obviously a well-respected veteran. I've already seen a lot of outpouring of support for him um, by a lot of uh, former and current WWE superstars, among them John Cena and Rick, and Ric Flair. Ziggler, I would not be surprised if at some point he winds up working for WWE in, in some capacity again. Um, you know, I don't think it's so much, like you said, that they wanted to get rid of him because he's not well-liked or respected or anything like that. I guess they just felt like, you know, we're not really doing much with him, so... I mean, we'll let him go at this point. Um, you know, will he get picked up by another promotion? Who knows? Does he Does he even want to get picked up by another promotion? I hear he has other ventures outside of wrestling, so he might want to get into that more now than uh, than working a full-time wrestling schedule. But, uh, but it is a loss, because uh, Dolph, you know, despite his questionable bo booking over the years, he's always been a great talent. He's always been someone I've, I've respected a great deal. Matt Riddle. This was a guy that I did respect initially when he was in NXT, and I thought, he's got a lot of momentum. Let's see how he does when he comes up to the main roster. And, you know, the highlight of his run was when he was paired up with Randy Orton. And pretty much after Randy Orton got injured, and, he, and I mean, he's still out as of this writing, Matt Riddle became completely irrelevant. And when he came back from his stint in rehab... He was literally just a uh, supporting player in every feud that he was involved in. So I don't think in the grand scheme that this is going to be a big loss for WWE. I think Riddle kind of uh, sealed his own fate with his uh, activities outside of the ring. Yeah, why well, something else, ain't it? Uh, he, um, I don't know. It's one of the things, 
and I hate to say this, but good riddance. You know, he just, uh, maybe he's got a problem. Well, he's definitely got a problem. Uh, and he just, maybe he needs to get away from the limelight to fix his uh, addiction problem. Because he's it, definitely got it, issues, not, man. Uh, uh, yeah, and you know, an honestly, Kentucky guy, um, it could spiral into a Jeff Hardy type situation if he doesn't deal with whatever his issues are. Yeah, because, uh, you know, drugs are one thing. And they're bad. They're they are, but man, when you start uh, when you start having a problem, you start leaning on alcohol. There is nothing you are. I mean, you become belligerent. I mean, it, it just it's very, 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 very dangerous, especially in the type of work that he does with other people, having to time things and things of that nature. Yes. Drugs slow you down as well. I agree 100%. I do. I agree 100%. However, uh, alcohol and wrestling do not mix whatsoever. It's not going to help you stay awake. It's not going to do anything good, anything positive. So, And I didn't know that he'd done that. I didn't know he was... Yeah, I knew the drug part, the weed, but I didn't know he was drinking. And uh, that's evidently what he was drunk or close to being drunk. Is why, is why he uh, the disturbance happened at the airport. So, all right. So, uh, yeah, that's about all the time we do have for this episode. Uh, do you have anything else, uh, sir? No, that is it for me, Kentucky guy. All right. Well, you've been listening to Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast with your co-hosts, the Kentucky guy and Mr. Donny Cage. Folks, thank you guys so much for listening to us. We'll be back on Tuesday. Have a wonderful rest of your day. God bless, or actually we'll be back on Wednesday, I think. Uh, God bless, and God bless America. Thank you all.